This is episode number 110, AlphaGo Zero. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Super Data Science Podcast. And today, I would like to talk about AlphaGo. So, uh, it's going to be an interesting session. I'm going to try to cramp up quite a lot of uh, things that happened over the past couple of years in the space of artificial intelligence playing the game of Go. It's going to be very fun. Uh, if uh, you're not up to date, especially in that case, if you're not up to date with these advancements, if you are, then there might be a few things that you may have missed out on, uh, especially of the recent kind. All right, so let's get started. Uh, the game of Go, I'm sure everybody listening to this podcast or hopefully almost everybody is uh, familiar with the game of chess. And uh, the game of chess was uh, originally, uh, is, is been around for ages, of course, and uh, is said to originate in India. And uh, computers for the first time won the game of chess against humans in uh, 1997 when the computer uh, program called Deep Blue for the first time beat uh, the world champion at the time, Garry Kasparov, who was a Russian player. In 1996, the computer was not able to do that. Uh, Garry Kasparov won, but then the team building the software went back and a year later they came, uh, turned around and beat Garry Kasparov. And now pretty much any computer that you have or any software that you have that plays chess, even on your phone, uh, or you can, the basic ones that you get uh, online, uh, if you put them on the hardest difficulty, there's no way you can beat them uh, full stop because they that's the way the algorithm is designed that they will not make a mistake. And uh, that's pretty much what the game of chess is about. You wait until your opponent makes a mistake and humans usually do make mistakes and computers are now able not to make mistakes. So computers, basically that shows that computers have come a long way since then. Back in 1987, it was like world news that computer won chess. Now uh, we all know that computers just play better chess. And now what has that to do with the game of Go? Well, the game of Go has actually been around for even longer uh, than chess, I've, I believe, but it's been around for thousands of years. And it's, uh, it's also a board game. It's played on a board, and uh, it's a board with... So in chess, you have 8 by 8 squares. So you have 64 squares in total, and you have all these different pieces. In the game of Go, you have a board with 19 horizontal, 19 vertical lines. And instead of pieces, you have stones. You have white and black stones, and one player puts white stones on the board. The other player puts black stones on the board. In the game of Go, the rules are as follows. You can put a stone on the intersection of horizontal and vertical lines. Uh, wherever you put a stone, um, if, you're, if, you cap, if you surround an opponent's stone with four of your stones, then you capture that stone. It's taken off the board. I, I believe that's what happens. And then at the end of the game, it's all about the territory. So uh, your stones, the, the stones that you have, they, it's calculated how much area they cordon off within them, uh, like what kind of border they make, and that area within them is counted towards your points, and the opponent's points are counted a similar way, and whoever has more points wins the game. So uh, that's what the game of Go is about. As you can see, it's even much more basic than chess because it doesn't have those pieces, those uh, different types of moves, just putting stones on the board. Well, it sounds more basic than chess. However, the game of Go was not expected to be won by an artificial intelligence, uh, against a human until approximately the year 2025, just based on computational advancements and how quickly um, uh, 
computers could process things. The reason for that is there's a couple, couple of reasons. First of all, the the, uh, the board for the game of Go is much greater. It's 19 by 19 versus 8 by 8. And uh, therefore, the number of combinations is astronomically larger than the number of combinations, the number of possible games in the game of chess. That's number one. Uh, number two, in chess, you have a value function. You can derive a value function. You can just, by looking at a board, you can tell who is winning, black or white, simply because uh, all pieces have approximately their values. Um, like uh, like a knight is two points, a bishop is, or is arguably two or three points, a pawn is one point, and so on. And so pieces have their values and you look at the board, you can tell who's winning. So you can program a value function into a computer and it can uh, keep track of that value function. Uh, in the game of Go, all pieces are the same, you cannot have a value function. And therefore it's much harder. Uh, the next one is in the game of chess, it's uh, you work from a full board full of pieces to uh, the number of pieces is reduced, they capture each other and they're taken off the board. In the game of Go, it's opposite, you are building the board, you're adding pieces to the board all the time. So uh, that's another thing that uh, rather than reducing the amount of pieces and therefore the complexity of the game over time, you're increasing the number of pieces and there's lots of different ways that this can go. So multiple reasons and therefore that lead to the fact that the game of Go is much harder for a computer to understand. And kind of the main one is that because there's so many combinations and because these stones are all the same, in the game of Go, they're like a huge component is intuition. Human players have always been playing with intuition. And just just basically looking at the game of Go, it's uh, in, in chess, it's logic, it's calculation, it's forecasting, it's looking ahead. In Go, it's a lot of the game, a lot of the time, you uh, like if you ask uh, one of the champions or grandmasters of Go or world masters why they made a certain move, a lot of the time they will answer it felt right. And in like if just through their experience, they have this intuition about what is what feels right, what doesn't, and in the end, it usually works out for them. Like uh, several moves, or towards the end of the game, uh, several moves down the track, which was the end of the game. That move that they made based on intuition pays off and helps them win the game. And so, computers would have to develop intuition to play the game of Go. So that's a quick overview of what uh, the situation uh, was or is. And then uh, this, uh, there's this company, uh, DeepMind, which is a subsidiary of uh, Google, which was acquired by Google not so long ago. And they took on the challenge of uh, building an artificial intelligence which would play the game of Go, and they developed AlphaGo. That, uh, this is the program that eventually challenged the world grandmaster in the game of Go. And uh, in uh, March 2015, um, sorry, in March uh, 2016, so last year, March 2016, AlphaGo played against the World Grand Master. Uh, in fact, it was the 18-time world champion, Lee Sedol. I think uh, Lee Sedol was a Korean player, if I'm not mistaking. Yes, uh, Lee Sedol is a Korean player, 18-time world champion of uh, Go. So AlphaGo, the computer program, played against him. And uh, it beat uh, Lee Sedol four games out of five. So that was huge. It happened last year when it was expected to happen only 10 years later. It happened 10 years earlier than it uh, was expected to happen. A huge uh, advancement, meaning 
if you judge the progression of artificial intelligence by just that one feat, you can see that we are already ahead of where we should we should have been, where we were expected to be. And the way that AlphaGo learned, it's a deep uh, learning algorithm. So it's artificial intelligence, deep learning. The way it learned it was is it analyzed lots and lots, millions of games played by humans, which are available online, and you can get them through the Go servers. It analyzed those games, and then it played against itself millions and millions of times. And that's how it learned, and eventually through that, it was able to beat Alice Doll in the previous year. And so that's all uh, good and well, and you've probably even heard of that. You might have heard of that. Um, but what happened next is the, is the most interesting, exciting part. This is really crazy. So in one of the 5-Minute Fridays uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about exponential technologies, exponential trends. And this is a very apt demonstration of what we're dealing with in the modern day and age. So in 2016, a year and a half ago, in March 2016, AlphaGo beat Lisi Dole four games out of five. So you can't say it was a close game. It wasn't three versus two, but uh, they were playing, people were watching. It was uh, like, it, it was kind of close. So they were playing on a very similar level. Then what happened is the guys from Deep Blue thought, okay, we're going to now re... Like, why did AlphaGo lose that one game? Something doesn't sit right with us. They shouldn't have lost that one game. And so they were like, okay, we'll go back and redesign the algorithm. And so after that, they came up with AlphaGo Master. And AlphaGo Master is the next version of AlphaGo. And this happened in, I think it was January or February this year. So about six months ago. Or yeah, about nearly a year ago. And... AlphaGo Master was the advanced version of AlphaGo. And what AlphaGo Master was able to do it is it played against the top 60 players in the world uh, of Go. I think it was 60, so, so, like a number around 60, some, somewhere like But the number that's in my head right now is 60. So it played around, uh, against the top 60 players in the world and it beat them all 60 to zero. So it won every single one of those games. It didn't lose even once. And so that was AlphaGo Master, next level. And then they didn't even stop there. So then what, what happened is they started working on something brand new. And just recently, in the middle of October, so about, uh, uh, what's today? So about a month ago, just over a month ago, they released AlphaGo Zero. And this is truly mind-blowing. So this time, instead of training uh, the software or the algorithm on uh, human games and watching how humans played and learning from that and then playing against itself. They trained the whole algorithm. They designed it in a way that they could train it from the very, very scratch, just playing against itself. So zero human intervention, zero human experience. And the algorithm is not even told anything about the game. not told the rules or it just can place these stones. It has to experiment. And just through reinforcement learning, it just trial and error it tries and tries it fails tries and fails and the secret like secret trip or cool hack that they did is they made it play it uh, play the game against itself from the very start and so it always had an opponent of the same level as itself 
instead of having like a very smart opponent or humans who who have experience and knowledge in this game to learn from, it was learning from an opponent which is itself, and therefore they have the exactly the same level of experience in the game, they exactly the same level of understanding the game. And so they at the start they, they both don't even know how to play. Then some time passes, they know how to play at least they know how to play the game, but they both play terribly bad, ter terribly wrong. Some time passes, and by time we mean iterations. This is happening really, really fast on the Google servers. Uh, these uh, iterations are churning out. Then they're playing uh, better and better and better. And in the end, they came up with AlphaGo Zero, which uh, beat the original uh, version of AlphaGo or AlphaGo Master. Uh, so doo -doo -doo. after just three days of self-play self training, this is a quote from uh, the DeepMind blog, AlphaGo Zero empath empathetically defeated the previous published version of AlphaGo, which had itself defeated 18-time uh, world champion Lee Sedol by 100 games to zero. Of, so 100 games to zero, it beat that the version of AlphaGo that beat the world champion one and a half years ago. And after 40 days of self-training, AlphaGo Zero became even stronger, outperforming the version of AlphaGo known as Master, which has defeated the world's best players and world number one, KG. So there you go. It's uh, like, I find that really crazy that just, uh, first of all, through self-training, it was able to do that and defeat everything that was before trained on human uh, examples and was playing against humans at the start. But also what I find the most mind-blowing is it's only been one and a half years. It's only been one and a half years since they developed the version of AlphaGo that humans, like the uh, people were thinking, oh, can it beat Lee Sedol? Can it beat the world champion or not? It's 10 years early. Maybe it's not going to happen. And uh, literally the whole of Asia stopped at the time the games were played. They were broadcasted across all news channels, all channels in South Korea, in China, in uh, in Japan. That's the three countries where this game is big. Everybody was playing. The sales for the game of Go in online stores skyrocketed to the point where they were, the stock for the game was gone. That's how big the event was one and a half years ago. Everybody was watching. The whole world was watching. The whole world of the East was watching. And now they like just casually create an algorithm that outperformed not just that version, outperformed the next version, and that is all through self-training. And this happened like in one and a half years. That's what blows my mind, how, how big of an accomplishment it was one and a half years ago. And now we've surpassed that by a million times or like many, many times past that. And it's only been one and a half years. That's the rate of technological change. That's the rate of the how quickly these algorithms are developing, how quickly AI is advancing, and how quickly um, data science is growing. Because this is this is all part of data science. That um, you know that whole team of uh, DeepMind also develops algorithms for uh, business purposes. We will talk about that in a in a separate episode. But yeah, so that's the world we live in now. And a lot of style, a lot of these things they happen kind of behind the curtains. Uh, luckily, this was published, and this is because it's about a game, and this was their whole point to popularize artificial intelligence and show the world what can be done. And I highly encourage you to check out the blog. So we'll link the link this in the podcast in the show notes. You can uh, you can find them at superdatascience.com/slash one hundred and ten, or uh, you can simply just uh, Google. DeepMind AlphaGo Zero, and you'll find this a blog post. So yeah, so 
that's that's the world we live in. Something uh, something that we don't often stop to think about. And yeah, like how how can that uh, how can these things affect your career? Or how can you take them into account in your career in data science? And uh, how can you consider them when planning for the future or thinking of the projects you'll be working on? Thinking where you'll be. Not even we're not even talking about ten years from now or five years from now. You can see this happened. This huge progression happened in one and a half years. So where will you be in one and a half years from now? All right. I think that's a wrap up. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I look forward to seeing you here next time. Until then, happy analyzing. <laughs>